Hey there, friends, family, passerbyers, whoever you are. Thank you so much for stopping by. Welcome to Chats of the Twisted. My name is Celinda. This year, 2024, I promised myself that I'd be more positive and that I'd try to spread the positivity around as much as I could. So I want to start by saying something amazing is going to happen to you today. But before we begin, a quick disclaimer. Some of these episodes may contain violence, gory details, inappropriate language, and sound effects that may be disturbing. Use your discretion. And if you guys happen to hear The Price is Right, the Bob Barker era playing in the background, just know that it's my 96-year-old mother. She loves Bob Barker. Anyway... (laughs) let's get started this case has bothered me ever since it first happened because it just doesn't make sense so let's begin on December 13th 2023 a vigil was held for the third year in a row for Jason Landry People gathered to continue to pray for his return. Three years prior, on Sunday, December the 13th, 2020, a 21-year-old student at Texas State University, Jason Landry, packs his bags and heads to his home in Missouri City, Texas, for the Christmas holidays. At around 11.30 p.m., he turns on Waze, which is a navigational app. I'm sure you've heard of, to navigate him home since it was his first semester there. And I I think he had only made two trips home since he arrived in San Marcos, Texas. So he used the app to, of course, navigate his way back home, maybe take a shortcut or what have you. So his phone shows that he arrived in Luli and that the Waze app was interrupted by a Snapchat at an intersection where he should have taken a turn. The snap was from his former girlfriend. They still remained friends, so they would still send pictures to each other and things like that. And then at around 12.30 a.m. on December 14th, 2020, a volunteer firefighter is driving down Salt Flat Road in Luling, Texas, when he notices a car that had gone off the road and was badly damaged. The car and the headlights were on, but there was no one inside the vehicle. So he calls police, and after the police arrive and inspect the vehicle, they discover a trail of clothing leading away several feet from the car. At this point, police believe that the driver of the vehicle was completely naked. It was a cold night and the wind chills were expected to reach 24 degrees that night and a prescription medical bottle with marijuana blunts were also discovered in a backpack. I'm not sure if the backpack was still in the car or if it was with the clothing they discovered on the road. At 2 a.m., A highway patrolman contacts Jason's parents and informs them of what they had discovered. Not too long after that phone call, Jason's father, Kent Landry, drives over to Luling to assist with the search of his son. 
leaving Jason's mom, Lisa, behind in the chance that Jason would arrive home. At around 5 a.m., Jason's father arrives in Luling and begins to drive down Salt Flat Road. And now he's expecting to see police cars there, you know, firefighters, or, you know, just people searching for Jason. But instead, he finds Jason's clothing still laying on the road and no sign of the police or Jason's car. He does find debris left at the site of the crash. There was no caution tape, no markings to show where the car veered off or anything that you would expect to see in an accident scene investigated by police. He later drives over to where the car was towed and found Jason's cell phone stuck between the seat and the armrest. Kent is now a pastor, but he was once an attorney and was shocked by the lack of evidence that was left behind. His son was missing and no one was searching. At first, police blew it off as a college student that was high on marijuana and fled to avoid the consequences. They also said they had no reason to believe a crime had taken place since they found no evidence of that in the car. But as it was pointed out, why would he have taken all his clothes off, especially in below freezing temperatures? This just makes no sense. Jason's father contacts the search and rescue team and they begin to search for days to no avail. There was a large pond that was not too far from the crash site where cadaver dogs kept leading police to, but it was drained and there was no sign of Jason. At this point, local police began to say that there was a huge population of wild hogs in the area and that if they somehow came across Jason, there would be nothing left to find. Because they still believed that Jason was high, missed the turn, crashed his car, removed all his clothing, went wandering around and died and got eaten by wild hogs. Unbelievable. Rumors began to spread that Luling gave home to some of the members of the Texas Syndicate and that they had something to do with it. But there was never any follow-up or proof of this, according to the police. Police from the Caldwell County Sheriff's Department did lift fingerprints and DNA from the car, but they never ran it through the system or DNA database because they still didn't believe that any crime had taken place. Later, a former FBI agent by the name of Abel Peña, now a private investigator, whose daughter also attended Texas State University and was friends with Jason, contacts the Landrys and offers his services along with other former agents to assist in the search for Jason. They set up a tip line and received calls with information and theories related to Jason's disappearance and they also reported sightings of Jason in Dallas, Austin and San Antonio but when they followed up and searched the areas of the sightings none of them led to Jason. There were numerous tips that suggested that something nefarious had taken place at the intersection of Magnolia Avenue and Austin Street. This was the intersection where Jason should have taken a turn, but did not, and ended up on Salt Flat Road. 
which is about three miles or so from that intersection. That information led them to thinking that Jason may not have been alone. Then, Abel Benya, the former FBI agent, receives a letter to his place of residence, which left him questioning how they were able to find his address. But nevertheless, the letters basically gave names and that they were responsible for Jason's disappearance and that they are very dangerous people. It also said that a lot of people from Luling knew about this, but they were afraid because they knew what these people were capable of. They feared for their lives and they feared for their families' lives. The former agents give the Caldwell County Sheriff's Department this information along with other circumstantial evidence, yet they still blow it off believing that people do these things for different motivations, that it was basically an I heard it through the grapevine thing. Many other tips came in as well that were just not relevant and that were just simply false and appalling. Like when someone sent Jason's father an email suggesting that he had been disposed of with a wood chipper, like in the movie Fargo. I mean, can you imagine how horrible his father felt reading that email? The Texas Attorney General's missing case unit has taken over the case and Jason's family is grateful that there is a new set of eyes to the case. They're hopeful that they can finally get the answers that they've been looking for. They continue to have vigils for Jason every year on the day Jason disappeared and are still hopeful that Jason will be found. Jason is the youngest of three. Jessica and Kyle are his older siblings. His parents, Kent and Lisa Landry, describe him as a strong-willed, courageous, and incredibly optimistic person who loved music and learning to play different instruments. His mom remembers his beautiful smile, and his huge loving hugs. His friends described him as a kind and great person and a great friend. This is such a sad story. Such a sad story. As of December 13th, 2023, the Attorney General's cold case and missing persons unit continue to give chase to reasonable information from the public. In November of 2023, they, along with the FBI, Texas Rangers, DPS, Texas Search and Rescue, and the Travis County's Constable's Office, examined the case and feel that all investigative steps were pursued up to this point, including digital forensic, criminal intelligence, and other fields from these agencies. The disappearance of Jason Landry still remains active. If you have any information that could help this case, contact the Attorney General's Missing Persons Unit. Yeah, I mean, this case just really baffles my mind. It makes no sense. Guys, make sure and check out our YouTube channel, Chat to the Twisted, where we venture in paranormal investigations. Uh, I think we have over 25 videos up. So check them out. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. 
we really appreciate all your support and your time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Stay focused, stay positive, and follow your dreams. Until next time.